0: Those of you who know me well know that music is very important in my life, that I, I love music uh, of all different kinds, and uh, I love to listen to music. I love to play music and participate, and, and uh, what a joy it is to do that. And I was, I was thinking of music, I was thinking of this. Um, there are really kind of two components to this uh, thing. There, there's the, there are the lyrics for a piece of music, and then there's the actual music. And, um, and these work together for us in, a, in a, uh, a wonderful way when you've got these beautiful lyrics and they're put, accompanied by something that is just so appropriate for the words and, and going together. And there have been great, uh, great partners in lyrics and music writing. Uh, some of them, uh, Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the great uh, show tunes that they have done over the years. George and Ira Gershwin, the brothers Gershwin, uh, Bert Bacharach and Hal David, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, all of these groups and these guys, well, both play a very vital role in the product that they're doing. And uh, in a similar way, I want to suggest to you that the good news of Jesus... And the message of Jesus, we need to hear in a, in a very critical way and comprehend it uh, as well. I'll call this the lyrics. We need to understand the lyrics, the storyline, what's behind it. Um, but they, and, and that's indispensable. But the lyrics are really beautifully enhanced when they're played and accompanied by music that is so appropriate for it. Uh, So in our analogy, the lyrics is really the gospel message and uh, the truth that God has for us. And the music is the reality of the message that we see day in and day out when we see what God does in lives, when we see the integrity of our faith standing up and it gives credence to the word uh, of God. Um, when we see the reality of the message that can make the message so beautiful and, and, and portrayed in such a wonderful way, when we see faith in action, when we see love that we have for one another and the joy and the peace that is ours, when we see the transformation of a life, when we see somebody healed, when we see relationships uh, uh, mended and addictions broken, when we see people who are transformed it gives attention to the gospel message and, and uh, causes people to look that way. When the message is displayed wonderfully in changed lives, it, it, it draws people, enhances the, the, the message, and, the, and, the, and makes it visible and illustrates it for us. And so the early church came to understand this as they uh, began their time together. Now we just came through the, the birth of the church in Acts chapter two, and, and now we're coming uh, in, into chapter three. And uh, thank you, uh, Julia, for reading this story for us, this account of Jesus. And uh, so we have Jesus, and uh, uh, Jesus has uh, gone back to heaven, and now Peter and John are heading uh, off to the temple to pray. And, and uh, this was just a routine thing in their schedule. Uh, the te- people went to the temple to pray. Uh, they felt like if, you're, you're, if you really want your prayers to be answered, if you prayed in the temple you'd see something happening. That's interesting. I've been a few times to Jerusalem, and there the, the remaining piece of the temple was the Western Wall. And at the Western Wall Jewish pilgrims and others would come, and they would go and they would pray. You'd see them uh, with, with their uh, kippahs, their yarmulkes, and, and their prayer shawls, and they would be in front of the the uh, wall praying. And there's something else that they would do. They would take and write their prayers on a little piece of paper and they would push it between these great stones. These stones were like, like this, and they would insert those in, believing somehow that God would hear them if they were there. So, this, this is the temple uh, where they're going. Uh, they're going at the time of prayer. It was nine. 12, and 3 o'clock. There were 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They were going at a time of prayer uh, to pray. And as they come in, there's a beggar at the gate. They were going in the the eastern gate, the beautiful gate. It was marvelous. It was uh, adorned beautifully. And as they come in there, uh, they're confronted by a man who is lame. He's been lame from birth and he's set on a, um, on a, a little mat there, and he's, he's looking for money to support him. Uh, he couldn't grow up like other children. He couldn't run and play with the rest of them. He couldn't make a living. He couldn't sustain himself. Thankfully, he had friends or people who would lift him and carry him and uh, place him there, and then he would hope to uh, be able to eke out some kind of a living or make some money. You see, he had no disability pension. There was no social service. Um, there was no home care for him. Uh, there was no paratransit van uh, for him to get around. He, he was just reliant on people who would take, and a few of them take him and set him at that place. And uh, that's got to be a good place to get uh, um, to to get some money because these are these are pious people these are people going in uh, to uh, to uh, pray and, and do religious duties and uh, he was put in a great place you know what they say about real estate what is it really the important thing about real estate is what location 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 and so here he is. Uh, has a prime piece of real estate, just a place by the, by the wall where he would hope that people coming in there, good people, religious people, would give attention to this poor guy, and it would be for them a, a good deed that God would look favorably upon. And, and so that was his hope, that he would have something like that. And so Peter and John come to the temple, uh, and, and they have to pass by this man, and uh, he's he's lame, and he's he's crying. He's calling out for for help, for money. I don't know what he said, but I, I imagine it was something like this. Can you spare a shekel for a bagel? A spe- can you can you share a speckle? Uh, uh, <laughs> can, can you can you give me some money so that I can can get through? It's a tough way to live. And, and normally, when, when we're confronted by panhandlers, you look the other way, right? Isn't that what we do? We'll, you know, don't look them in the eye when you're, when you're on the, the red light and somebody's coming down, waiting, and seeing if anybody will give you money. Just don't, don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't make eye contact. And sometimes they don't make eye contact either, and so here, here, is, uh, here are Peter and John, and they're coming into the temple. And um, what, they, what they do is uh, they look at him. And that's unusual. When, he, when they look at him, he thinks, ah, I've got somebody who's interested here. I've got somebody who will, will uh, give me some money. And, and so he looks at them, and uh, he's hopeful that they're gonna, he's going to get something from them. And uh, staring is, is impolite, but Peter and John just stare at the guy. And Peter's words are less than encouraging for him because he says, we don't have silver or gold. Oh, great. You have—you've In other words, you've got no money. So what are we going to do with that? What he needs is money. That's what, he, that's what he's there for. He's there because he doesn't have money, as no source of getting money. And the greatest problem he figures he has right here is that he doesn't have money. And if only he had money, then he could exist. So he's not very impressed with this when, when he's looking for economic help and these guys say, we don't have money we don't have silver, we don't have gold, and, uh, and he is so myopic, all he can see is that his problem is really uh, a financial problem. Most of us don't see beyond our immediate need. Most of us don't see the root problem that we're dealing with. We just see the, the problem that's on the surface. And his problem wasn't economic. His problem was really at the core of it, sin and the curse that was on all of humanity and he was left in this mess. And uh, Peter says this though, I, I don't have those things. I can't give you money. I can't give you silver and gold, but what I have, I'm going to give to you. Now that's got to pique your interest. Well, what can he give him that makes any sense to him? What, what can he give him that is, is important for him? He wants something, and he can't understand what they want. So Peter looks at him, and uh, he's probably a little reluctant, but Peter says, stand up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Well, you can imagine, like, dude, what is your problem? You know I can't walk. Why would you say stand up? And walk. And Peter immediately reaches down, grabs him by the hand. You know, you, you watch you watch basketball players, somebody gets dumped and he's flying, and a couple of his buddies come and grab his arms and pull him up. And, and so here's this guy, and he's not really responding. And, and so Peter reaches out with his hand, grabs his hand, and pulls him to his feet and says, now walk. And he stands him up. And the guy can't believe it. He is actually for the first time in his life standing there. He's infused, his ankles, his feet were infused with, with uh, virtue and strength and power. And he begins, he begins not crawling and then walking. And falling down and getting up like the normal course of events is. And then learning to go a little faster and maybe learning to jump. He instantaneously, without uh, muscle memory, without any of that happening, he, he springs up to his feet, starts running, jumping, shouting, praising. He's crazy over this. He can't believe that this has happened. He has never walked in his whole life. And now he begins by jumping and shouting. And, and, it's, and it's an incredible thing. He, he, and he clung to Peter and uh, John. I mean, can you imagine? Who are these guys? What did they do? And, and, and so he finds his two new best friends that have radically changed his life. The, all of this caught the attention of the people who were there. I mean, he was a fixture there. He was, get, he was there getting money all the time. The religious leaders knew, and everyone came running to see this miracle that had been happen, happening, and uh, how amazing and undeniable it was. And it caught also the attention of the religious leaders who crucified Jesus. Though they, were, though they thought they'd seen the last of him, Here is somebody who is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth continuing to do what had happened before under Jesus' ministry. You remember we said that Luke and Acts actually are two volumes of one work. Luke's gospel gives us the information about Jesus, all of what he had done um, and, and what he had taught. And Acts says, now... That was what Jesus did do and now we're gonna tell you how Jesus continues to teach and to act. And so we see now through the apostles, the ministry of Jesus is being um, forwarded and continued uh, the story of him as the Holy Spirit had come upon them. They're now doing the work of Jesus just as Jesus had planned. And and Jesus wasn't really gone. He was present by his spirit that was in every believer there. And uh, he multiplies all of what Jesus was doing. So Peter and John go to the temple, and they walk by this guy, and something stopped them. Something stopped them and said... Today is this this guy's day. He never dreamed when he woke up that day that his life would be changed forever. Peter and John, when they were going to the the temple, they didn't realize, they didn't understand um, what this would mean for this man. They didn't know how God would want to use them in that way. Uh, They just go day by day. And, And they were filled with compassion and stopped to engage this man. In the course of everyday life, we encounter people—people people who are struggling, people who are are having terrible times, difficult times—and and, uh, and and God puts people in our paths. God puts people around us who need help, who need His touch, who need His grace, who need His healing, and and uh, we oftentimes are not sensitive enough to know that we just missed an opportunity, that God put somebody in our path that he wanted us to to speak to, to help, to comfort. Somebody who was struggling, somebody who was lonely. And and, uh, in the course of everyday life, God wants to use us in a very wonderful way. Day after day, we journey through places where human misery exists, where people are struggling. Do you see them? Do you see them as you pass by the 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 gal and the checkout at the grocery store you don't you don't realize how tough a time she's going she's hurting inside but you don't know it the people who are sick people who are needy people who are hurting people who are are are, are reaching out and looking for help and looking for love and acceptance do you see them the lonely woman woman Widow woman who who is all by herself and just dying on the inside. The guy who just lost his job and is absolutely stressed not knowing how he's going to make ends meet. The married couple that are on the verge of divorce. The person who's hooked on drugs. The parent who just learned that their child has cancer. Uh, The teen who was bullied and is now thinking of taking his life. Hurting people are all around us. And... They're brought across our path in daily life so they could encounter Jesus, so they could have an encounter with him through you and through me. Looking to be touched by his grace, I remember I was asked if I could see a guy in the hospital at one time, and he had been a, a refugee from Central America. And uh, I went to see him. His name was Luis And uh, I I went to see him, I I talked to him, I shared with him, tried to be a little bit of encouragement to him. And uh, he was a paraplegic and in the hospital and and battling infection. And uh, I didn't think much of my little visit with him, Uh, but I told him I would contact him again. And I did, and he was actually out of the hospital and I was at home. He's in a wheelchair in his apartment. And uh, I remember as, as I was just about to leave, he put his hand up to stop me and wheeled to the, to the door with his wheelchair. He took my hand in both of his hands, and he said, that day you came to the hospital, I, I had given up on life. I just wanted to die. And you came. And I thought, I did nothing. I, I, I did nothing but just reach out with some love and, and share some of God's grace And uh, I remember being able to invite him to our church and to have him sing. And he sang one day at a time, sweet Jesus. And I thought, what I did was so insignificant, but it was so important for him. There's a guy who wanted to die, and and now he has encouragement to, to not die, but to live and to have his life count for something. And he shared his testimony in our church at the time. So lives have been, when lives are changed, when people are touched by God, when their lives are transformed, when they, when they have this sense of dignity that they never had before, when they have, when they sense that they have value in God's eyes, when they when they understand that they can be forgiven, and when they can be uh, forgiven when they don't deserve to be, and when others will care for them, when they have joy and hope. In, in a dire time, these can provide the music for people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. The music uh, of seeing the reality of Christ. I've said to us here, we, we need to be so aware that uh, in, in our lives here and how we treat one another. Remember what we said last week? Jesus said, by this will all people know that you're my disciples because you have love for one another. And my prayer has always been in, in my time here that God would make us this this family of love when people come in, they they see something in us and about us that identifies us with Christ and that is this <laughs> that we love each other, we care for each other, we hold each other up, we strengthen each other and 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 we, reach out and they hear the stories of people's lives having been changed and those kind of things attract people to Jesus those kind of people those kind of things soften hearts they cultivate souls they make an environment in which the words of the gospel the lyrics of the gospel could be heard and uh, those can uh, be uh, who who cannot uh, find forgiveness and who are struggling Uh, They turn to God and find that they are forgiven, accepted, and have eternal life. But you see, for this, we need to have the music, the the lyrics of the gospel as well. And uh, one thing that I want to show you in in chapter 3 of Acts and verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place of Solomon's colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he brings a sermon. Now he's going to take... You know what, what you've seen, I'm going to explain it to you. That's what he did in chapter two it, in the day of Pentecost. They didn't know what was going on. Here are people from all around the world, and they're speaking in the language of those who have come, Jews from all around the known world, the, the Roman Empire, and, and they are flabbergasted. How, do, how are these people doing this? That was the platform for Peter to preach, and three thousand people become followers of Jesus Christ. And now here, through this miracle, this lame man being healed, now the crowd is gathering, and they're they're assembling, and now Peter is going to share the lyrics. He's going to say, here's what you've seen, but I want to give you what, what you need to know for this. Seeing this genuinely changed lives gives credence to the gospel. I mean you're going to listen to this guy there's something there's something wonderful there's something amazing about him. And and so Peter is provided with this opportunity to proclaim the good news about Jesus. This is his second service uh, and he has a ready audience sitting there. He has a platform from which to speak and the crowd has gathered. And, and what I want you to notice in this message that he's going to bring, first, I want you to notice that the focus is on Jesus. The focus is on Jesus. Um, what we need to, to know is that we're sinners, that we need to be forgiven, that we, if God is going to accept us, the source of that is in Jesus. And here is an opportunity for him and for John to enjoy some notoriety. Here's a time for them to say, hey, wow, look at us. Look at what we've done. Look at what we've accomplished. Um, He he wants to... There is a temptation there to run with that, an opportunity to enjoy that, to get some good press, to make a name for themselves, to do something that they can parlay into something bigger later. His message, though really centers on Jesus. His whole thing is is to lift up Jesus, to point them toward Jesus. The gospel lyrics need to be that. Uh, Absolutely. So listen to to what he says. Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? It's nothing about us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Uh, He says in terms of how this man was able to walk, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked a murderer to be released to you. You killed the author of of life. Isn't that strange? The author of life was killed by them. Isn't that incredible? But that's Jesus. And we're witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you've seen um, was made strong. It is G- in Jesus' name and faith that comes to him that completely healed him as you can see. I want to tell you when you share the message, and I hope your life is, is drawing people to Jesus um, and, and, and they may be wanting to know what the deal is. That your point and your, your direction is to point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. He centered his message on Jesus. He, he deflected attention away from them to Jesus. And uh, his his death, his resurrection, his life, it's all about Jesus. In fact, in the next, in the next chapter, uh, they're going to be into some trouble because of Jesus, uh, with the religious leaders. But Peter would say, salvation is, uh, is found in no other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus alone. Jesus declared himself as the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except me. And so all of this points directly to Jesus and everything that he's done. And uh, I want to tell you, you can have a, a wonderful experience. You can have warm feelings. You can be loved and cared for. But that can never take the place of the lyrics that people need to hear the message of the gospel. And it's about Jesus and the focus on Jesus. Next, uh, he, he wants them to be confronted with sin. And you, you hear through this. He's blaming them all the time. He's saying to them, you're the ones who took him. You're the ones who disowned him. You're the ones who had him crucified. It, it was dealing with their sin, the issue of their sin. Sin seems to be kind of a taboo topic today. We talk about uh, Jesus and goodness and kindness and love, and we, we don't uh, sometimes get to where we need to get, and that is that not only... Is this an issue uh, that, w- that we might want to stay away from? But we need to confront the, the whole notion of sin. Our, our problem is not just that we're misguided or that we have psychological issues or mental issues or whatever it is. The, our problem is that we have a wrong relationship with God because we have sinned against Him. That we have rebelled against Him that uh, sin means to miss the mark. And so here's the, here's the bullseye. Here's what God says where we're supposed to be, and we're so far away from that mark. We've missed the mark. And Peter goes for it. You disowned him. You handed him over. You disowned the holy and righteous one. And uh, and he just hit him between the eyes. Now, we, if we're going to share the, the lyrics of the gospel, we need to talk about how we're, how sin has broken the relationship between us and God, how our uh, rebellion has missed the mark, and that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the standard of God, and anyone who doesn't listen, he says, will be completely cut off from his people. You have a problem, he says, and it's with sin and all that you have done. And so he calls us, what's he calling us to do? Well, we have the response that's necessary. And and in verse 19, we read this. He says, "'Repent then and turn to God, "'so that your sins may be wiped out "'and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, "'and that he may send the Messiah "'who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. "'Heaven must receive him until the time comes "'for God to restore everything, "'as he promised long ago through his holy prophets.'" For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. He said, what you need to do is you need to turn. Turn to God. Repent and turn to God. Uh, To turn to God is to take the direction that we have been going, that has been anti-God, getting away from what God wants from us, living our own self-willed life, and turning around and going to God, and going to God's way. Uh, Repent means to change our mind, to change our direction. And he said, you need to rethink what you think about yourself, that you need to know you're a sinner, that you have no hope outside of Jesus. You need to know about a God who is holy and, and who will judge sin. You need to know about a Savior and what he's done. And you need to live your life and, and reorient your life, change your mind, change your uh, your understanding, and begin to follow Jesus. And uh, so whatever the, whatever good... The, the, the wonderful things that we do are, are so important and critical, a person will never come to faith in Jesus Christ. They will never be accepted with God. They'll never have their sins forgiven unless they hear the truth about who they are and they turn to God. Repent and turn away, change, and your sins will be forgiven and he'll come back to rescue us. So put your trust in Jesus in his life, his perfect life, his death on your behalf, his resurrection. And so as the young church exists, they're getting both the music and the lyrics. And incredibly, what happens is now there are um, 5,000 men alone who have been converted. So we've gone from 3,000 people to 5,000, just the men without talking about women and children. God has done something wonderful. He's shown, the, he's shown the, the beautiful music of the gospel, and then he's given the lyrics so we can understand what God wants of us. My prayer has always been that people, that people would see the beauty of Christ in me, that they would see something that would give them a hunger, a desire to know him, to live for him, uh, to want to, to, want to uh, be close to him. And, and we have the opportunity. And, and I want to challenge you in how you deal with your family and how you deal with people. And that, that people would see in you the love of Christ. They would see grace and graciousness and kindness and compassion that they would see the power to change lives and transform lives, to deliver from addictions and transformative uh, power to change people who who are struggling. And we're called to display his beauty in us. And we're also to remember that we've been given a message. Paul says in in 2 Corinthians 5, a message of reconciliation, a message of putting it back together with God that is our beautiful uh responsibility and privilege to do, but they need to hear the music and church I'm asking us to live the live the the, the life, live like Christ, to show them what Christ is like when the spirit of God comes uh, uh, in in us. we live like jesus we we uh we are are modeling our lives after Jesus and what he's done. But to know that that all that we're doing in that way with our master's uh, pantry and our hampers of hope and our TAC and the things that we do individually, that, that, that people would see that in us, but also that they would hear the lyrics, the message. And God will take and make the message understandable to them, and draw them to himself. They need to do that. And So my prayer is for us is that we live that way, we respond that way, and we look for opportunities uh, to share the good news of the gospel outside of which no one will ever come to faith in Jesus. See, can we do that, church? Can we be aware? And can we give and reach out and love and care for people around us? May God sensitize our hearts uh, to the opportunities that he gives us that we might see him working powerfully and that we would see throngs of people turning to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, what an incredible opportunity you've given to us. And we see that you want us to show what our faith is really like. We know that you want us to to live the kind of life that you live, that we would see your ministry multiplied in us over and over again, and that you would pour out your grace upon us, that people would ask the question, even as Peter uh, says, that, that we would we would live lives that would beg a question, what is it that you have that you have this hope in you? Lord, may people ask us that and we can tell them it's Jesus and all that he has done for us. And so we pray this in his name, amen.